It's the best bits of the all-day breakfast. Reheating on SIN 90.7. It's the sound of happiness. It is the time again for the whether or not you should go outside report. And there's been blustery conditions in the White House this week as President Trump turns his focus from a terrifying hurricane and the impending nuclear apocalypse of his own creation to criticising his country's most beloved athletes. In addition to vilifying NFL players who chose to kneel during the national anthem, he also lambasted the league's referees for trying to prevent brain injuries, saying they were ruining the game. He has a point. Donald has spent spent most of his adult life running headlong into brick walls and it's never done him any harm. <laughs> NBA superstar Steph Curry admitted last week that he would prefer the Golden State Warriors did not visit the White House, as has become tradition when celebrating a championship win. On Friday, he found the decision has been made for him and the team's invitation had been rescinded. Uh, by Trump on Twitter. Trump there demonstrating the kind of maturity that is becoming his trademark. You can't fire me, I quit. <laughs> Chicago Bulls centre Robert Lopez had Steph's back, however, tweeting, It's okay, Warriors. In a few months, Donald Trump probably won't be able to visit the White House either. (laughs) In semi-related news, Twitter has announced it will test out a 280 character limit. Advocates for the change hope it will serve to double the complexity and nuance of America's foreign policy. (laughs) And locally, conditions have been extremely wet for many cyclists, or so I assume, by the 42 O-bikes fished out of the Yarra River this week. Yeah, about a 40 million of them. Uh, it's, uh, it started a new craze, which is fishing for O-bikes. Um, it's, a, it's a new sport. It's a competitive sport. You can't put the bikes back in there. They're vermin. They're like carp. So it's a public service as well. <laughs> They're like carp. I didn't know. Yeah. So uh, this is a, PAA, PA, a PSA to all O-bike users. They are not designed to be river-faring. So, guys, come on. What's going on? But other than that, the weather is actually really nice right now. So if you're listening on a portable device, you know, a phone, a pocket radio, a, a car, for example, why not head outside and enjoy the all-day breakfast in the sunshine? There you are. Over to you, Eli, in the sky with the traffic. It's the all-day breakfast traffic report on SIN 90.7. Distressing scenes for a soda water owner in Paran today after they opened a two-day-old bottle only to find it a little bit flat. The owner was said to be disappointed they couldn't have their bubbles with their morning porridge but said they were keen to cop a new one and crack open a freshie and fang on it for dinner. Trauma today as an RMIT student realised they overpacked for Melbourne's weather resulting mad sick sweat patches. Having dressed in a light sweater to face the academic and societal challenges of the day, the student was last seen <laughs> last seen wrapping the offending sweater around their waist and panting heavily down Swanston Street. Now it's time to check with Brent, who is outside. He, he's, he's outside in Bondi. You wouldn't believe it. But I'm going to throw it over to him. One second. Okay, so we're here for uh, our first interview down on Bondi Beach here today, uh, and uh, we've run into Jordan. Jordan, how are you, mate? I'm really good, thank you. Quick, have a quick question. Tell me, what do you reckon of Bondi Beach? 
It's pretty epic. It's the first time that we've ever been here. Um, so yeah, no, really nice. Looking forward to seeing the, the pool by the water. Yeah, brilliant. Now uh, tell me, with uh, rising tensions in North Korea, what do you reckon the best way to resolve this is? Oh gosh, um, I, to, to be honest, I don't think anything's going to happen there, but I mean, I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of puff, but I mean, that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we're now inside uh, one of the great shops here on Bondi with Sal, who works here. Sal, how are you today, mate? Yeah, really good, mate. Always Bondi Beach, brother. Bondi Beach. All right, I need to know, mate, uh, there's a lot of succulents in here. What's the best way to maintain them through the colder winter months? Say again, mate, sorry. A lot, of, uh, a lot of plants in here. What's the best way to maintain them, look after them through the cold winter months? Uh, actually, I have no idea, man. See? Hey, you heard it You heard it here first, guys. That's fine. <laughs> Back out here in the field, and I just never stop working. Uh, so I'm here with another group of people here just enjoying the lovely Bondi sun and sand. We're here to, today with... Amy, Chelsea, Emma, Ellie. That sounded like there were more people, but that's it. Uh, just these four ladies. Uh, tell us, guys, you know, a lot of people, they're collecting Lego these days. What's, uh, what's probably the best way to store your Lego so that you can save it for future generations, would you say? In a plastic container. <laughs> would you say clip seal or vacuum seal? Clip. It's easier. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. It is easy to go clip seal. That's great stuff. So we're back out here again, uh, this time with Paul and Satara down on the beach steps of Bondi Beach in Sydney. Uh, guys, how are we today? Excellent. Wonderful. Doing awesome. Thank you. Fantastic to hear. Uh, what brings you to Bondi today? Pure tourism. We're just tourists from the U.S. America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So, just running away from home, or we are. We're our children. We're running away from them. <laughs> that's great. That's that's good parenting, and I like to hear that. Excellent. Uh, so, tell me, guys, uh, hydrangeas coming into season. How would you best uh, look after them coming into the winter months? I have what no idea. Well, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> hydrangeas are flowers. <laughs> this is fantastic. We're getting such good botany knowledge straight up here. <laughs> Guys, uh, from everything you've spent and uh, experienced since you've been down here, what's the one thing you'd suggest to do while you're in Bondi? Ah, just walk on, walk on that beach. It's beautiful. The sand is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, you had it here first. Walk on the sand if you're on Bondi Beach. <laughs> Sin all day breakfast here with Paul Tatar and Brenny. <laughs> there he is. Brenny in the field. Unbelievable. As, as he said, he never stops working. Yeah, you can't just... spell commitment without the all day breakfast. <laughs> I'm not going to try and work that one out. But coming up after this next song, we're going to be joined by Josh Mulherin from the Book of Mormon and from Gunning for Ali, his new uh, music project. So very exciting stuff. But before then... Yeah, another belter. You played a belter. It's my turn for belters. It's it's by Erkan Koye and... Oh, Kor Ray, sorry. And it's called Uskaruk. He's from Turkey in the 1970s, I think. And Uskaruk means cough. <clears throat> and but the, the thing is, he doesn't. He, he sings this cough so well in this song. It's unbelievable. Stick around for it. Big interview up next. You're on Sin ninety point seven. See what I mean? He's a modern day Elvis. Oh, unbelievable! Erkin Koye there with Erskaruk or cough. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. We're, you're back on the all-day breakfast, Sin 90.7, Australia's latest breakfast show with Josh and Eli, and we're delighted to be joined now by Book of Mormon ensemble cast member and lead singer and pianist of Gunning for Alley, Josh Mulherin. Thanks so much for joining us, Josh. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yes. It's good to be here. Sorry, Sorry I didn't have the sound effect loaded. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, we do our own live stingers here if we don't have them on hand. Mm. So, Josh, how did you make your start in showbiz? And is it true that there's no biz like it? Uh, there is there is no business like show business. Um, I started doing performing arts back when I was five years old. Uh, five. Five. So I won't tell you my, won't tell you my age now that I'll give it away. But uh, now I started uh, doing theatre school after, after primary school and then kind of just kept going with it through high school uh, and did, did theatre after school at a, a fantastic full-time course called ED5 International in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I studied there for two years and from there I was lucky enough to work on a cruise ship uh, in the Caribbean. Um, yeah, so worked on my tan as well as singing and dancing there. Uh, and then came back to Australia and decided, you know, I'd really love to get into musicals and, and was lucky enough to, to get my break in West Side Story down here with the, uh, the production company. And then from there, kept going on, uh, did, did Ghost the Musical with uh, Australia's... Whoa heartthrob Rob Mills. Oh, Millsy. Millsy Mills, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that was fantastic, and that was the coolest experience I've ever done. Got to tour Australia with that show. Uh, and then, yeah, have done a couple of other shows since, and now in the Book of Mormon, which is a, a dream come true, really. Oof, nice work if you can get it. Well, um, that's, that's I'm going to slip in as many musical numbers as I can into this interview. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very impressed with that. Hey, <laughs> so um, how did you land your big role in the Book of Mormon? Uh, so, with any musical theatre audition, we kind of go into a room with uh, with a panel of creatives who are in control of the show and generally we'll come in and we'll sing 16 bars of a musical theatre song and show them exactly who we are, how high we can sing, what our, our voice type is and all that. And then from there, if you're lucky enough, you get to do a dance audition uh, and you go into a room with 30 other guys and you kind of sweat it out together, dancing for, for eight lots of eight. Uh, and then hopefully you make it past that cut, you get some material from the show and you get to audition uh, with that for even more people on a table in front of you. And it's, uh, it's the most nerve-wracking experience of, of your life, I would say, but it's also so rewarding. What did you sing? Uh, I sang I'm Alive from Next to Normal. Oh. If, uh, if you're familiar with that one. Can't say I am, but if, like, oh, no, I was going to say, let's give you... Let's give it a rendition. But <laughs> give you a little don't demo. Wanna, <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, but you hit all high notes and here you are in the ensemble, yeah? Yes, in the ensemble. Where were you when you received that confirmation text or email communication? Or was it a wedge-tailed eagle with, like, just dropping it off <laughs> uh, I was. Location? I was in Adelaide. Yep. Uh, I was asleep. It was about 10.30 in the morning because uh, none of us in musical theatre wake up before 11. <laughs> <laughs> on brand. All day breakfast. All day breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, I was, I was in Adelaide. Um, we were actually just opened uh, Ghost the Musical and my agent rang me up and I was like, oh, you know, sleepily, groggily waking up being like, oh, what is it? And he's like, hey, just want to let you know you've got the Book of Mormon. And I, I, was, I thought I was still dreaming at the time. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, surely, you know, I'm, I'm about to wake up and be like, oh, okay, cool. Did I, it was all a dream. Did this play out in your head? You're like... <laughs> <laughs> You've won a car. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I I can't even I words can't express how insanely happy I was to uh, to get that phone call. Definitely. So this just in for our listeners: good things do sometimes happen before midday. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> uh, very rarely though. So so what's the backstage atmosphere like in a big production like 
like the Book of Mormon? Is it purely professional or is there a, a certain camaraderie that develops behind the scenes? Oh, I mean, we are definitely professionals to, uh, to the letter, but it's, it's one of those industries I feel that you can have as much fun as, as possible doing your job because we get to go out on stage and, and, you know, sing and dance and have a good time for, for a living. Mm. Um, but no, backstage, you know, we're making jokes side stage or, or we're smiling and laughing and, and playing pranks on each other, kind of. But, you know, keeping, keeping it professional on stage. Um, but everybody in the cast is, is such great friends. Like, you know, I don't know if anybody's seen the show, but uh, all the Mormon boys were kind of this really close-knit family of, of guys. And it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a frat house, I would say, <laughs> in a way. Ah. So how do, what's the worst prank you've played while the show is going to air? Like, what's the one that you've watched and gone, oh, this is nearly going to throw out the entire musical? <laughs> oh, well, nothing bad has, has ever okay. kind of happened like that. Yeah. Um, it's it's more funny things that accidentally go wrong, like if somebody forgets a prop or something, or if oh. you're on stage and you cut off another actor's line, and it's suddenly you're on stage being like, "Oh, what has happened? We've got to we've got to continue on because you know it's live. You can't you can't just stop and be like, sorry, can we go again from the top of that song?'" Yeah, right. So, do you have any advice for us trying to succeed in another live medium of radio? How do you cope when those kinds of things go wrong? What's your strategy for, for coping with? Well, I did a lot of uh, improv classes as, as a kid. Uh, so it's one of those things where you just got to be able to quickly think on your feet. Uh, mm. and, and also you have a lot of trust in the other performers as well. Like if, if you're the person that's forgotten their line, you would hope that the, uh, your scene partner next to you would be able to pick it up and just be like, oh, I've seen that you've you know, forgotten your words, but we've done this so many times together that I'm just going to pick it up and help you along. Mm. So, ooh, improv classes. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> but you've been doing it since you're five, so you're you're born to do it, really. That's it. I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I, I have to go back to that first question, like the first point you made about what what were you doing at the age of five? <laughs> like, what kind of things were you doing in your lounge room that you're like, yeah, no, nah, musicals, oh, and entertaining. This is uh, this is going to get embarrassing, but uh, the first CD I ever owned was um, John Farnham's anthology uh-huh. album. Uh, and I have two younger sisters who are who are a year and a, two years younger than me. Yes. And we used to put on little performances in the living room for, for you know our mum and dad or our grandparents or something like that. So yeah. we'd uh, we'd put on the entire album of John Farnham and sing along with him and and put on a dance show. And I think I think my parents kind of saw that and they're like, all right, we need to put Josh into theatre. This is on tape somewhere, I believe. Oh, there is definitely a VHS floating around somewhere. Has um, it been pulled out for your twenty first. Oh, not that one particularly, but um, my dad's my dad has put up some videos on YouTube of me as like oh, fourteen no. or fifteen. I've got this horrible little emo fringe because you oh. know I was wearing skinny jeans back in high school. So, <laughs> weren't we all? <laughs> you can you can definitely find some very embarrassing videos of me singing and dancing on online. I obviously haven't done enough deep digging into your past. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll just link, we'll just we'll just link, we'll link those on the Twitter. We, yeah, just for the world to see. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. My favourite is uh, I've, I did a um, I did I still call Australia home one time for Australia Day. That's up on there. So uh, any patriotic patriotic Aussie fans want to hear that one? You can go search that. You should include that in your edition tapes. Like I've been doing this for so long. Oh, that's just it. It's, at, on, it's on my showreel. I'm kind of like, oh, you know, here I am. <laughs> I am Peter Allen. Excellent. So, tell us about Gunning for Alley. This is a. We understand this is an old project that you've had the chance to return to. Yeah, um, different name, obviously, back in high school. But a friend of mine, James Waters, and I kind of went through high school in in music class, performing and and writing original music as we kind of got into eleven and twelve. Uh, and we we played a few gigs as as sixteen year olds, kind of thing. And then 
eventually my musical theatre career kind of took over and I had to go, look, I'm sorry, I'm going to move away from Brisbane and, and come down to Sydney and, and Melbourne and follow that. And then luckily this year, because the Book of Mormon has run for so long, I had that opportunity to really kind of go back and revisit the music that we kind of wrote. So this is almost like a side project in a way, but he's a, he's the lead singer of another band, uh, The Wisher and the Well, so he takes up his time doing that. Mm. And I just kind of messaged him being like, hey, do you want to come down to, to Melbourne and record a song and maybe have some future plans for music? So just kind of came back around as, as old friends from high school, really. And if you just tuned in, All Day Breakfast with Josh Mulheron from The Book of Mormon. Just want to know, who is Ali and why are you gunning for her? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing, but uh, in grade 10, there was, a, there was a girl who was the year above me. She was in grade 11, so, mm-hmm. you know, going for, going for the older lady. Um, but her name was actually called Ali Gunning. Oh, <laughs> and and I, I, at some point, I think I kind of latched onto it and I was like, oh, you know, you're the prettiest girl I've ever met I was kind of like and you've got a really fantastic name I'm just going to keep that for later yeah. and potentially dedicate my band to that that girl's name the thing is I think I've just saw seen your phone screen light up with a new message from her uh, with, her saying, <laughs> with her saying oh yeah I'm listening and I didn't know that was about me <laughs> Well, here's the here's the clincher. She she got married like right after high school, so I can't even oh. I can't even go for her anymore, sadly. So have you Hang talked on. to your lawyers about oh. <laughs> Sorry, just had to fit that oh, one in there. Very good. Um so have you thought about the possibility that you might owe her royalties from <laughs> Any future earnings for the band? Well, look, I, I if I ever do get to an EP launch, I'll invite her along to play. She's a musician as well, so she's got original songs. So I think my payback will be inviting her up on stage to sing to sing songs with me. So a collab, so, so fantastic. So w- you said you'd done some improv classes. That's uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, too? and you're quite a singer, yeah. Yes, I would hope so. You're sitting in here in the studio with your keyboard. Yes, and you're in a musical. You know, you know what I'm thinking, Josh? Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Josh? Yes, yes, B1. Or are you B2? I don't know. I'm B I'm B four and a half. <laughs> I reckon. How about, because you, you're quite a dedicated musician, very good at it. What yes. if, how about we give you a song? Okay. You, 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 we give you a two-minute musical. A two-minute musical? Instead of two-minute noodles, we give you three things. Three things. And then in this song break, okay. you turn it into a musical. This, this could be doable. All right. Josh, okay, you ready? Yeah. So, all right. So Sorry, first, I just want to... things that come into your head, and we'll, we'll get a, a great musical number out of it. Yeah, okay. So, all Josh right. Mulheron. Yes. I want you to make a musical that features pedicures. <laughs> pedicures. <laughs> household chores. Household chores, yeah. And chores. Josh, what about you? Uh, the impending nuclear apocalypse. Oh, so, okay. Sorry, it's just on my mind. I, I can't shake mind. it. Yeah, okay. So, all right. So, what... So you're going to make a musical. How about we challenge you? After this song, you write up a song. All right. Deliver it to us live here on the All Day Breakfast in the studio. Can you just give your tinkle on your keyboard there? Do I? There you go. go. And we're going to hear that right after this on the All Day Breakfast. How about that? All right, let's do it. Next up, we do have Josh's new song with Gunny Ferrelli. It's Braille. Ripper. Welcome back. You're on the All Day Breakfast on Sin 90.7. It's Australia's latest breakfast show with Josh and Eli. And we're so delighted to be joined by Josh Mulheron. We just heard his band's new song. It's mm-hmm. uh, Braille by Gunning for Ali. And he is the lead singer and pianist. Josh, what is this song all about? Uh, this this song's uh, super personal to, to me. I wrote it about a year ago last, last November. Um, I, I don't know if you could kind of hear in the verses and, and all of that, there's kind of like a kind of a running theme of like 
hospitals and kind of like illness and things like that. And, uh, and last year I had a, a really, really close friend of mine who was diagnosed with brain cancer, um, sadly. And, and she had a, a long ongoing battle for about a year and a half with that kind of thing, went into remission. Sadly, it came back. Uh, and, and I kind of wrote this song for her as a, as a, as a keep fighting song, like, you know, despite, you know, up against all odds as, as the end of the chorus kind of goes that, you know, there is, there is that light at the end of the tunnel that you can kind of fight through, through anything. Um, so I wrote the song kind of as, as a way to kind of deal with that for me, but also then to, to give people kind of a message of hope. And, and I like to think that the people that listen to that, even if they don't have a friend who, who kind of went through an illness or something, it could, it could be anything in their life they want to fight against. I like to think that, that that song kind of speaks to them in, in a way that they can kind of take and be like, you know what, I can push through this day and, and make, you know, make some good happen. Well, it's a beautiful Incredible. tribute and a beautiful message Thanks. and a uh, fantastic track as well. I love the kind of Jack's Mannequin, the fray, kind of early 2000s alt-rock vibes you're going yeah. for Yeah, I mean, like, I am I grew up with that kind of music in high school, you know, where, as I said, the emo fringe and the skinny jeans, but uh, <laughs> it kind of has that nostalgic feel for me as well. Someone said to me, they're like, oh, this is like really simple plan. And I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, this song could be played in like Cheaper by the Dozen or something like that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> of course, one of those like teen angst movies. And I was like, that's great. It's cool. I like it. Incredible. It's a niche. <laughs> you, know, you know what else is... There's another song that, that we need to know about. It's the song that we gave Josh Mulherin. Before the break. Before the break. Yes, before we played his song. Oof. We gave Josh Mulherin a song challenge. It's called The Two Minute Musical, oh, where he's whipped up a... <laughs> he's actually whipped up, <laughs> written down some lyrics. I've, I've got it in front of me here. Yeah, whipped up a musical song about pedicures, the nuclear standoff, and household chores. Yeah. Now, hear that? That is it's his keyboard. keyboard. He's about to rip into it. Josh, that's all day breakfast, Josh. Should we let Josh Mulherin, Booker Mormon, all day, sorry, Gunning for Alley lead singer. <laughs> Getting mixed up with your Joshes here. I am. Should we, should we let him at it? Yeah, I mean, if he's ready, we've given him plenty of time, the whole song break Ooh, to prepare. Here we go. Uh, instant two-minute musical. Take it away, Josh Mulherin. All right, how much piano do I have? We could, we could How much go, piano do you need? Yeah, a little bit more piano, I reckon. Yeah. We'll try and go like. It's just, uh, this is live. Here we go. All right. Susie works at a mani-pedi down in South Geelong. Hair and nails all day to the arcade for a game of ping pong. Space invaders and BMX racers ignoring her household chores. While her mum is calling, the bums are falling. North Korea has declared war. <laughs> oh no, I can't laugh, be simple. <laughs> All Susie worries about is acrylic and pimples. And oh no, I can laugh, be easy. Start a nuclear war, Susie Nail Glitter in Melbourne is still freezing. <laughs> there we go, hey! Fantastic. Slight Ben Folds moment there. Just being like, oh, what are the words? What are the words? What are the chords? <laughs> well, if you're going to emulate anyone, fantastic. I'm going to say, just run with the theme of, uh, of nuclear war today, I feel. Yeah, it's in the back of all our minds and we're struggling to shake it, but we're going to try and push it, push it right to the back. 
back and uh, ask you uh, the big question. This question is so big, it needs its own musical. <laughs> Josh, how, how big is this question? It's it's so big. It's it's toured internationally. It has uh, <laughs> ensemble casts in uh, all the major Western <laughs> democracies. Yep. Um, and some of the Eastern ones. This question is so big, it has its own bunker. Are you ready, Josh Malheron? I think I'm ready. For the big question. Here we go. Yes. Mormon ensemble cast member. What do you eat for breakfast? All right, I, I have two different breakfasts. Uh, so, sadly, I'm a celiac, which means I'm gluten intolerant, and if I eat it, it will kill me. Uh, oh. So, for a breakfast, I have Helga's Five Seeds gluten free bread uh, with two pieces of bacon and an egg fried uh, with tomato sauce drizzled on. I make a little nice little burger. It goes bread, bacon, egg, bacon, bread. Uh-huh. Um, that's my that's my weekly breakfast from Monday to Friday. And on Saturday mornings to wake up for the show. I have a can of Mother Energy drink, Ooh. a packet of salt and vinegar chips, and a, a chocolate bar for breakfast. Nutritious. Yeah, nutritious. nutritious. How does that, how does that, <laughs> like, how do you find balance with that? Uh, well, one's kind of like sweet and sour, uh, and then, you know, there's enough sugar to get me through two shows in one day. <laughs> that's, that's, basically, that's basically what I'm running on through those shows. Josh well, Malheron, thank you so much. That's, that's incredible. You get an insight into the kind of sacrifice and, you know, intensity it takes to, to carry a musical night to night. I mean, <laughs> what, what, apart from the, the dietary requirements, what does it take to prepare for this big show? Ah, uh, what it well, it depends what show it is really. There are a lot of different shows that are either, you know, singing based or dancing based. This one's kind of uh, a two and a half hour cardio marathon for us. <laughs> Once we start the show it, it doesn't really stop and I would say the gym is is one of the things that I visit a lot, despite my breakfast on the weekends. Um, but no, we rehearse for about five weeks before going into the theatre and teching. So we do nine to five, six days a week to kind of learn the entire show from from top to bottom, and then and then put it on within a week of teching in the theatre. So I don't know if you if you've seen the show and and how big it is and just how much is going on to learn a show like that in in five weeks is is a huge achievement. You kind of go home every night being like, I don't even know if I remembered what I just learnt. <laughs> But I'm going to go in the next day and hopefully it's it's sunk in. Yeah, excellent. Fantastic. Well, everyone should go see The Book of Mormon. It's been earning rave reviews. I, I assume it's going on for a little while longer yet? Yep, we've still, uh, I think we've got tickets up until December 3rd. Uh, so get them quickly because they are, they are selling out. Selling like hotcakes. Mm. And uh, you can buy the uh, Josh Mulherin's new single with Gunning for Ali Braille on Bandcamp, I believe. Uh, Bandcamp is up on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, if there's any people that are Triple J fans, it's up there as well. Excellent. Kind of it's too Excellent. easy. And we can find you doing your 60-second covers on Instagram, I believe. Yes, every uh, every Thursday uh, we do a 60-second cover. Uh, so there'll be one out tomorrow if you, if you feel like watching that. Or should we just rip this from the podcast? You just kind of lip sync it. And then you <laughs> just, yeah, it just play this one, you with, know. With um, no context, just the, no explanation. The original musical, Two Minute Noodles and the Nuclear War coming to a theatre near you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next hit musical after you finish the Book of Mormon run, of course. Josh Mulheron, thanks so much for joining us on the All Day Breakfast. Thanks for having me, guys. Right, right now we've got Jack Cardi with Rings on the Sin 90.7. We're burning your toast on the All Day Breakfast, Sin 90.7. On Sin 90.7, it's Australia's latest breakfast show here with Josh and Eli. And uh, we're delighted to have One Girl CEO, Morgan Kurgel, on the line. Morgan, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, it's been a, uh, a massive week for your particular organisation in terms of media coverage. Uh, there was a, 
a particular conservative Australian senator who made some uh, fairly misinformed comments. Threw <laughs> some shade, perhaps. Uh, Threw some shade. <laughs> Um, about uh, Craigburn Primary School's uh, Do It In A Dress fundraiser run by uh, Through One Girl, except um, he, he was making the comments in, in regard to the same-sex marriage debate, uh, and it's nothing to do with that, is it? <laughs> no, you're spot on there. It has actually nothing to do with it. So I know that the tweet originally was kind of around um, issues to do with uh, transgender youth or schools pressuring students, but... Fundamentally, Do It In Address is a campaign that we run to raise funds for girls to be educated in Africa. So as an organization, our mission is to educate one million girls across Africa. We work in countries where girls have a very low probability of being able to get through secondary school education. Mm -hmm. And here was a primary school that wanted to do a fundraiser so that they could challenge that, so that they could say that they, they wanted girls to be able to go to school, get an education just like themselves. Brilliant. So, shade was thrown, and what's it been like being on the other side of the best, worst situation you could ever hope for? Because <laughs> it did start as a negative. It really did. It was yeah. a, a tweet that I got home, and I read that, and I honestly just hit myself in the forehead of, oh, my God, this is so off base. Mm-hmm. But uh, our bacon was saved by an outpouring of support from the Australian community that we just had a massive, massive response of people saying, hang on, wait. That's not what it's about, and we're actually going to donate to support this cause that we do believe in and support to uh, kind of show the students at Craigburn Primary that they were doing something great, that they were these primary school kids who wanted to be generous and charitable Mm -hmm. and that people want to support that. So to date, the Craigburn Primary School, they aim to raise $900 through their do-it and address day. They have now raised, yeah? That's, That's quite a lot of money. Like, oh, $900 is, is massive for a primary school to raise. That's equivalent to three girls being able to go to school for a year mm-hmm. in Sierra Leone, one of the countries we work in. And so that was a massive aim to say, hey, we want to send three girls back to school. Yep. But they're doing a lot more than that now. They have raised over $270,000. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> That's unreal. <laughs> wow. So that right. is so much. And uh, I understand that uh, various people were getting active on Twitter to help support it. I I know Josh Thomas was a huge signal boost for you guys as well. So it's a fantastic result from what was initially an unpleasant situation. Mm. Oh, for sure. And we are really grateful that, you know, Josh called it out and said, hang on, wait, no, these are kids raising money for children in Africa and uh, made a donation himself. Uh, We are big fans of Josh Thomas's in the office this week. We uh, definitely sent him more than one boomerang of us sending a cheers his way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. So you've been running these fundraisers for quite a long time, or at least one girl has, haven't they? Yeah, so Do It Address has been running for six years. We've been around since 2009, again, with that just single-headed mission of educating girls in Sierra Leone and Uganda. So we run four girl-focused programs, Mm -hmm. and Do It Address is targeted at kind of making people see that in Australia. So this idea that in the countries we work in, a school dress is a really big deal. If you get to wear a school dress, it means you're educated, you're empowered, you have an opportunity. And so we want people here in Australia to chuck on a school dress and feel empowered to do something outside of their comfort zone, whether that's go to work in their school dress, jump out of an airplane in their school dress. I ran 25Ks in my school dress last year, regretted it instantly, had not trained appropriately. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of fun, and it gets the conversation going about why would you wear a school dress? Why is that something that someone who's 7 to 70 might do, as a person of any gender? Yeah, so it's taking something that obviously we take for granted here in Australia and revisions that for something that of, of empowerment for people in Uganda and stuff like that, yeah? Exactly right, that it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter who you are, 
that you can chuck on a school dress and, and do something quite amazing, raise some awareness, raise some funds. Uh, we love the idea. And what kind of impact can uh, proper education make on these girls' lives? It's actually massive. So, you know, when we ever, whenever we look at this issue of education, particularly girls' education, it has incredible ripple effects. Mm-hmm. For that individual girl, for every year she spends in education, she's going to be able to earn 15 to 25% more on her income. And then she's going to invest 90% of that back into her family. Mm-hmm. It means there are better health outcomes. A woman who's educated is going to have fewer and healthier children. Mm-hmm. She's going to be healthier herself. A really great example of this that I learned about recently was a study that was done that found that because women who were educated were literate, they were able to read signs about when immunizations would take place and were able to successfully get their kids to immunizations. So it makes a massive ripple effect for her family and for her community as well in terms of the economic empowerment of that community. They even identified that women's education is in the top 10 solutions to climate change worldwide. It's up there with, uh, you know, offshore wind turbines, that sort of thing. So it, it has far-reaching effects. Wow. Something you wouldn't have necessarily thought about, but it does have a considerable ripple effect. Hey, um, Morgan, if you don't mind, I, for the benefit of our listeners who are keen to sort of get involved in the work of NGOs and stuff, how did you get to where you are as the CEO of a charity? Yeah, because something that probably doesn't come across in my voice is how young I am, that it is quite unusual. I'm 25 and have found myself as the CEO of this mid-sized charity where I'm the youngest team member. Yeah. And that's quite unusual. But um, it, look, it's been a kind of roundabout journey to get there. But from a really young age, I knew that I wanted to have a job where I could create the most difference possible. And for a long time, I thought that would be in the law. I studied law at the University of Melbourne and kind of thought I would uh, work there for a while. But after spending two years working in prisons, I had a a huge realization. And that's that I was doing these legal education seminars and Mm -hmm. uh, feeling pretty great about the job I was doing and uh, had this guy coming back again and again and again. And one day he was about after his like 11th time. I was feeling like a regular Harvey Specter. And I ran out of materials to hand out. And uh, he said, you know what, miss, you can have mine back. I actually can't read. And I realized that he was returning again and again, not because of how great I was, but because he was illiterate, like a huge proportion of the men I was presenting to. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in my life that I fully appreciated that the way that I read and write and the way that I am speaking to you now is the product of the education I've had. And so I said to myself from that point on, it's got to be education. That's what I'm going to work in and managed to find this job scrolling through Facebook So never let anyone tell you that nothing good comes from scrolling through Facebook. Because a friend tagged me in it and said, this would be perfect for you. And I just made such a show that, like, this was my job. I knew instantly. And I I stayed up uh, writing my application for that job for two days straight. I was so ready. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I was going to touch on it, but I wasn't really sure that, you know, quite young but you're really making a difference in the world unlike us here at the latest breakfast show in Australia we just <laughs> oh hush just... now you're you're doing the right thing you're educating the masses so just a quick one we've got, we've got the big question coming up but a, a good question for you right now how can we help you and one girl it's funny that you should ask that guys anyone who's listening can pop on and learn more about Do It and Address at www.doitandaddress.com but just having an idea here, mm-hmm. have you guys considered perhaps doing it in a dress for your breakfast show? Oh, hang on. <laughs> are, you, are you challenging us to do this? So you- I'm issuing the challenge. I, I can just imagine it. I know what you both look like. Let's, uh, why not try on a dress? Do the, do the show in a dress. <laughs> okay, so 
we're, we're quite new to dresses. Talk, so it's just a school, school dress, yeah? That's exactly right. You can uh, borrow a school dress or we have them available on our website. Uh, I'm sure we can get you fitted out. We have all sorts of sizes. <laughs> all right. How about that, Josh? Next week, let's commit to doing the show in a school dress. I mean, I think it would help if we were on a visual medium, but I'm sure we could put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no, we, all right, here we go. Morgan, let's, let's commit. Let's the All it. Day Breakfast is broadcasting next week in a school dress in support of one, one dress, uh, one girl. <laughs> one dress, one girl. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. The big decision you guys have to make is what colour you're going to go with. We have red, green and blue, so get thinking on what you're going to look best in. <laughs> it depends which colour's going to match my eyes, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does get quite stuffy here in the the studio, so I'm actually quite looking forward to a nice breeze. <laughs> it's exactly right. It's the right time of year for it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. right. This is. It's time for the big question, Morgan. Are you ready to face okay. Australia's okay. biggest okay. question? <laughs> All right, here I we don't go. know if I'm prepared for this, but go for it. Morgan Kogel, CEO of One Girl. What do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> Being a true Northside hipster, I have avocado on toast every morning. <laughs> How are you going to afford a house with that kind of that kind of diet? Seriously, I don't know. I'm being so lavish in my lifestyle. I've just given up on all hopes of home ownership. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Fair you enough. are changing the world one dress at a time, right? That's exactly right. Changing the world either one dress or one girl at a time. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the All Day Breakfast, Morgan. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on next week we will send you photographic evidence of us broadcasting the all day breakfast in school dresses I think we might have to make our way to the studio in dresses as well just for the full effect yes (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see it guys alright thank you so much Morgan you're on the all day breakfast sin 90.7 half a day is gone and the best is still to come on the all day breakfast sin (laughs) 90.7 yeah that's Wolfpack. What a track. Yeah, yeah. Back Pocket. Uh, Wolfpack is such a good band. Shout-outs to Ryan Coffey for putting us onto that one. That was his song request on the show a few weeks ago with Animal Spirits, and I can't stop listening to them ever since. You're on the all-day breakfast, Sin 90.7, and we've almost run out of time this week, sadly. but Almost. Almost. But we've just got a smidgen left. Mm, we uh, do. Last week, this time last week, I set the challenge for all of us to get our parents to leave the most embarrassing reviews on our Facebook page. And boy, have they delivered. They've delivered. Bonnie and Bonnie's parents, they were, they had tonsillitis just like she she does. Right, so they couldn't write a review. Yeah, Brent's parents were in, t- <laughs> in, in Bondi. Right. And so it's just up to me and Josh. <laughs> so our mums <laughs> have really done a number on us. So uh, this is... Who's going to go first? Uh, you or I? I'll, I'll read you your mums first. Just, just to let you know, Josh Moheran's still here over there. Uh, ready to chime in whenever he's ready. But <laughs> you, you got to watch us embarrass each other by chance. By this is going to be good. Our all mums. Right. All right, you go first. So you realise, mum. <laughs> only four stars out of five, That's which is a bit harsh. So <laughs> tough. What did she say? My boy Eli is such a cutie pants. <laughs> when he was small, he used to ring up Triple J and tell jokes from the street machine mags. <laughs> Such as, two nipple rings walk into a bar, one asks for a drink, and the barman says, I can't serve you, you're off your tits. This may, be, this may or may not be fiction. <laughs> Wearing his flannel and beautiful mullet, 
Born Yobbo. I love my emoji boy. He is all growing up now. <laughs> Shout-outs to Eli's mum. That's nice. I like that one. That's good. Really embarrassing review. So painful. All right, Josh, your mum did a belter. <laughs> she did an absolute belter. Are you ready for this? My boy Josh has always been wordy and attention-seeking, exclamation mark. We were never sure which direction this would take him. At age three, he would burst into his sister's prep class wearing a cape and colander, please explain, proclaiming to be an astronaut. <laughs> the colander was my helmet. It was on my head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, I love pasta. I don't know. Maybe that was a factor. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions with this. But here he is now, niched, niched on sin with... With a pebble-raising Tasmanian comedian, Brent, a Canadian love and production whiz, and a journalistic talent, Bonnie. So proud of you, Josh! Exclamation mark. There's still time to become a cheesemaker. <laughs> Ellipsis with like three dots. Josh, what about your cheesemaking endeavours? What happened to that? Oh uh, well, that that's a that career is sadly sadly passed me by to this point. Um, the the story behind that is. I don't know if you get this, you guys get this as well, but when you're at a family gathering and maybe you're a little tuned out, maybe you're not quite contributing to the table discussion, <laughs> your mum or dad will throw over to you with, Josh has news, and I'll have to scrounge my brain going, do I have news? What am I? What is she talking about? What is she referring to? <laughs> yep. And I remember one time my mum asked me completely out of the blue, uh, Josh, are you interested in cheese making? <laughs> yep. And I went, uh, I guess. And now... We're never given the opportunity at a family gathering or other such social event. That she is- would throw to me with li- with the slightest segue and say, "Oh, Josh is interested in cheese making." <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Even though I have nothing to contribute on the topic. Excellent. Well, th- this wraps the show. Embarrassing as, and em- I couldn't be any more embarrassed. But you know, we set ourselves a challenge, and our parents stepped up. Josh, my parent. By the way, you're still here. I just want to say a big thanks for coming on the show. No, thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, absolute ripper of a show today. And, yeah, before you go, we've got, oh. got a little token of our appreciation. Oh, boy. So thanks so much I'm for gonna, coming on. It's uh, elegantly wrapped in a tea towel. This is beautiful. Yeah. Hey, we've got an all-day breakfast coffee mug. Yes. That's beautiful. Oh, I like that. Hang on. That's nice. Fantastic. <laughs> Going to put out the merchants. It's beautiful. It's white. It contains about 200 milliliters of coffee. It's beautiful. Yeah. It, it, uh, Dr. Josh Smith, our resident expert, believes it takes the edge off. <laughs> so, <laughs> takes the edge off. Anyways, this is... Thanks, guys. This is the, that's all good. This is the second last show of the season. Can't believe it. It's absolutely flown by. Who's coming up next week? Uh, well, look, we've we've gone with mystery guests for the last few weeks up until now. Uh-huh. Um, and... It's worked so far, but um, let me say, like, you know, maybe I'm having trouble remembering at this point, but our guest next week sure won't. Yeah, okay, so let's let's have the guests manifest their way into our studio. Hang on, what happened? Oh, uh, sorry, I've, just, I've, I've left my phone on. It's really unprofessional. What, I think I've got a text. You just got to, who's it, who's it from? It, say? it says, uh, it's from Eli, and it says... And that's all for this week. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Bebo. And be sure to catch us here on Sin 90.7 for the all-day breakfast. Until next time, stay true to yourself.